0: I'm Jody Carlton, and I am an expert in neurodiversity, specifically neurodiverse relationships. I've been working with partners and couples for so many years now, and I hope you've been enjoying my podcast. But between seasons, I'm going to be giving you these neurodiversity nuggets. That's what I've decided to call them. And it's just some little bonus episodes. I don't have a guest joining me, but sometimes these are clips from videos that are out on my YouTube channel. So... If you like YouTube, go over and check that out. Just search my name, Jody Carlton, or you can benefit from listening to these little nuggets here on the podcast. Getting blindsided in any kind of relationship is horrible, whether it's a dating relationship, well into a marriage, a friendship, a working relationship. It never feels good to feel blindsided. We thought we knew something about someone, we thought we understood who they are, and then they hurt us in ways that are so confusing and painful. In actuality, we oftentimes get in our own way in being able to see who people really are. Sometimes it's hard to know how to make decisions about the people we meet, friendships, dating relationships, and we don't know how to keep ourselves safe. We don't know how to identify a healthy relationship. There are some things that we do that result in us getting into and staying in an unhealthy relationship, and then later being blindsided when we realize that we're in a really damaging situation. I'm Jody Carlton, and I'm an adult neurodiversity expert, but I also specialize in working with people to recognize when they're in an abusive relationship. I'm going to give you three tips to help you keep yourself safe and avoid getting blindsided. You may have heard of confirmation bias, and this is the psychological phenomenon that basically means that we see what we expect to see. Whatever we believe or expect to happen or are anticipating, our brain is actually primed to look for that to happen. Sometimes we see things that are not there. Quite literally, law enforcement agents will tell you that eyewitnesses are actually not very reliable. And it's because the brain is remembering what it expected to see. This can happen in conversations with people as well. If you have beliefs about that other individual or about the way the conversation is going to go, About the topic and even about yourself, you're more likely to hear and interpret that conversation in ways that may not be quite accurate. Now, this can be problematic in a lot of ways. It can cause a lot of confusion and and conflict in your interactions with people. The way you remember things is shaped by your confirmation bias. But the other thing is, we tend to ignore our intuition because of confirmation bias. We meet someone we start dating them and maybe we want them to be a nice person. Maybe we're really wanting to be in a relationship. So we're looking for positive traits. We're looking for the things in a person that confirms that they are what we're looking for. This then clouds our ability to recognize the signs that that this individual is not actually what we're looking for. Our intuition gives us these little red flags. Your body, your mind, is picking up little cues all the time about people, about your environment, and storing all of that information and then communicating back to you. We oftentimes ignore that intuition. Gavin De Becker is an expert on predicting violent behavior in, in people. He talks about how it's so important for us to recognize that our intuition is our most powerful weapon to protect ourselves. But because of confirmation bias, we tend to ignore our intuition. So back to the dating example, if we want to believe that someone is a decent, nice human being who doesn't mean us harm at all, then we're gonna notice things about that person and we're going to interpret things that they say and do through that lens, because that's what we want to believe. Even though our intuition may be, that was that was a little different, mm, that was a little concerning, that seemed a little off, that didn't feel good, our confirmation bias know i think this person has my best interests in mind we tell ourselves all kinds of lies in order to believe what we want to believe we tell ourselves that someone is going through a lot or they were having a bad day we justify behavior in others because of what we want to believe in my work with neurodiversity and with neurodiverse couples i see this all the time where individual partners have projected their beliefs for the relationship and even for their partner onto the relationship, and sometimes have been married for years and decades, but then that results in a lot of pain and a lot of devastation when their partner doesn't actually show a person. It feels like a bait and switch a lot of my my clients say "I feel like I was presented this one person, and then now I'm getting this a different person entirely as my partner and sometimes. That is the case because when we date, we usually put on a a different kind of mask when we're dating, a courtship mask. It's not that we're trying to be deceptive. That's part of dating. That's part of the courtship process. But if one of the partners projects more of a desired reality, that partner is going to see traits and behaviors and identify them as being in alignment with what was desired. Then over time, a person is who they are. They're going to be who they are. It can feel like, wait a minute, you're not who I thought you were. And that is absolutely true. They're not who you thought they were. This happens with neurotypical partners who are expecting certain type of relationship interactions. Some of that's driven by just the norms for how we interact in relationships. It's an expectation that's there. We expect this to mean this and that to mean that. And so we see that in our relationship interactions with a a partner. Neurodivergent individuals oftentimes really have very different ways of thinking and interacting. So a lot of those behaviors have been misinterpreted by a neurotypical partner because of confirmation bias. So it's not that there's been this big bait and switch. It's not that a neurodivergent partner tricked or fooled a neurotypical partner into believing that there's somebody they're not. That neurotypical partner saw what they were expecting to see in the neurodivergent partner. On the flip side, neurodivergent partners oftentimes have narratives or scripts or expectations for relationships, for what it means to be a wife, a husband. Those scripts are there. Those definitions are there. Those expectations are there. And oftentimes, the neurodivergent partner will also project their beliefs, their expectations onto a neurotypical partner and we'll see in their partner what they're expecting to see. So if they're discussing marriage with a partner, then they're going to see that partner as having a very similar expectation for what that marriage is going to look like. Who's going to work? Who's going to raise the children? Who's going to pay the bills? Where are we going to live? And with autistic neurodivergence in particular, one of the traits can be a difficulty with theory of mind, which means The ability to recognize that my perspective, my thoughts, my opinions are actually just mine and that other people have a different reality based on their perspective and based on their experiences and their beliefs. And so a neurodivergent partner may go into a marriage, go into a relationship, really thinking that a partner is on the same page as them and has the same expectations and same beliefs. And so they're going to interpret that partner's behaviors and words and actions as confirmation of what they already believe, then over time, the reality of who each partner is becomes more and more apparent. It it causes a lot of pain and heartbreak. So what do you do about this? The first step is to know that this is a thing, to know that you are more likely to believe what is in alignment with what you want to believe. It's not something that anybody, no human being, can avoid because it's wired into us. So we need to be aware that it exists. The second thing is to really pay attention to your intuition. This sense that you get, sometimes you can't even articulate what it is or why it is that you are having an uneasy feeling. It's important to just know that you are having an uneasy feeling because your intuition is competing with your confirmation bias at that point. Intuition is data, data from your brain for you about the situation, about the person. Your intuition is a part of your brain and your psyche that is communicating with you. Have a conversation internally with your intuitive voice so that you can be well aware of what your mind is trying to tell you. Lastly, listen to other people in your life, particularly people who know you and who know you well. The other people in your life don't have the same confirmation biases that you're going to have. They are going to have their own beliefs and values and their own expectations. So they will have their own confirmation bias, but it will be different than yours. They're going to have a different perspective. They're also not going to be invested in that relationship in the way that you are. So you want to listen to people that you trust, people that know you well, people that have listened to you. And if they are concerned about a relationship you're in then that is a red flag. That's something to listen to. Now, sometimes the people in your life do have their biases. For example, if you're married, some people are very against the divorce, maybe even friends of faith. If you're a a faith-based person, sometimes people are very invested in you saying married. So that value, that belief, that expectation of theirs could also influence their opinion or their perspective about your relationship. Well, sometimes a therapist or a coach, people like that are going to be able to give you a much more unbiased perspective. The only caveat there is if you go to a faith-based therapist, and I'm not criticizing faith-based therapists, but they will come to counseling with their own sets of beliefs and expectations that come from a faith-based perspective. If other people are saying to you, hey, we're seeing some really concerning things here, listen to their concerns. Listening to someone's concerns doesn't mean that you have to agree with them, but when you hear them out and then you weigh that with your own intuition and your recognition that you're bringing your own bias, then you want to take all three of those and put them together in order to make healthy and safe choices for yourself.